0: and welcome back to another episode of Beyond the To-Do List. I'm your host, Eric Fisher. And this is the show where I talk to the people behind the productivity. This week, I'm excited to share with you a conversation I had with John Lee Dumas. You may know him from the popular podcast, Entrepreneurs on Fire. He's been on the show once before, back around the time we both launched our podcasts, within about a month of each other. And he's back this time to talk about his new book, The Common Path to Uncommon Success, a roadmap to financial freedom and fulfillment. And in this conversation, we talk about why this path is common, but that the success is uncommon john's book is a corralling and a distillation into 17 steps all the knowledge that a modern entrepreneur needs to know and it's drawn from his over three thousand interviews of successful entrepreneurs on his podcast so whether you're already an entrepreneur or you're thinking about starting this is a great place to start or review the path that you're already on and take advantage of other people's knowledge and hard work to guide your path to uncommon success and make it a little more common. We're going to talk about some of John's experiences that led to this book. We're going to talk about mentorship, discipline, and I know you're going to enjoy it and get a lot out of it. So I'll get out of the way and just say, enjoy this conversation with John Lee Dumas. Well, this week it is my privilege to welcome back to the show. It is John Lee Dumas. John, welcome back.
1: Eric, it's been a long time, like you said, brother. We've both been in the game for a long time, and we're like a couple of old fogies talking about like what life used to be like back in twenty twelve. You know? I know,
0: get off my podcast app. <laughs> <laughs> not literally. I meant that as like get off my lawn, but like saying get off my podcast app is like okay, go unsubscribe, and that's not so what we true. want. But uh, yeah, we got started around the same time. I remember us kind of hanging around in the same circles at blog world that summer of 2012, uh, 2012. Yeah. yeah. When we were just both, I mean, we were both little did we know we were both our shows. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You were still doing pre-law and it's just like, oh my gosh. And you know, I, I honestly, I want to talk a little bit about your launch back then because I think there's a lot of seeds of wisdom slash, Experience to come that then sets up the book we're going to talk about here. But also I want to even jump back a little bit further and dip into some of the context of what we talked about last time you were on the show. Because one of the things a lot of people, well, you've been around a while. A lot of people do know this, but some don't know the, to the extent that your pre-podcasting life of your pre-law as well as your military service ex- and experience informs who you are and how you do what you do, which is a lot of the then foundation for your success in podcasting that makes your book stand above so much of what other people are saying. Even if they're saying the same thing, you've got the clout behind it. In other words, that's what I'm saying. So I want to dive into that a little bit.
1: I would love to. And man, you are doing a great job, brother. So take the lead.
0: <laughs> well, so here's the thing. Last time you were on the show, we, we talked about us both launching at the same time and a lot. So let's, let's clear up a little bit of the dates here. When did you launch entrepreneurs on fire?
1: September 2012.
0: Okay. So I beat you by about a month. Or just yeah. a couple of weeks. August 2012 was when this show launched. Now, obviously, there's a big disparity between the amount of episodes, and we're going to get to that in a, in a little bit, too, because you started you started off and then kept doing for a long time still. Are you still doing daily?
1: I don't know. Yes. I mean, I'm right now doing five days per week. Okay. Um, I'm not of the seven days per week I committed to for the first 2,000 episodes, five and a half years, but I'm still kicking out some content, brother.
0: That's crazy. And and crazy good, I should say. I mean, it's, uh-huh. it's insane that you're still doing that. And it's also insane that right up front, everybody told you not to do it. And you yep, still did it did. anyway, and you mm-hmm. found a way to do that, which also I want to talk about, because that has to do with batch processing.
1: Wow. We're promising a lot in this we're episode. We're promising people, a lot. People better stick around.
0: Uh, well, I'm just trying to set up the reasons <laughs> to stick around and listen through well, all What you're doing is scripts. you're
1: opening all of these loops, which yep. are intriguing and amazing. And our, our promise to you, listener, is we will close those loops.
0: Yeah. So, well, let's start with the first loop, which is your podcasting superhero origin story of... You prior to podcasting were in military service. What what branch and you know what's the time frame there? How long?
1: So I went to Providence College on an army scholarship. So after being a cadet for 4 years, I owed 4 years active and 4 years in the active reserves. So I spent those four years in active duty in the armor branch, which is tanks. So during my 13-month deployment to Iraq, I was in charge of four tanks, 16 men, um, specifically within Fallujah, Iraq. So pretty real deal, holy field type of stuff going on there. And then after my um, four years in the military, I tried a bunch of things. I actually call it my six years of struggle. Tried law school, dropped out, tried corporate finance. I quit after a year. Tried residential real estate, commercial real estate. I just kept trying things and, and failing. At them and then quitting because I was bad at them or just wasn't having the happiness or success I wanted to have. And that took me all the way to 32 years old to 2012 to Blog World with Jamie Masters, my mentor, by my side, and Eric somewhere around there as well, thinking that, hey, I think this podcasting thing has legs.
0: And it did. It really did. Yeah. And, and, and what's funny is, is at that time, uh, so, so here's the thing. Let's pull back the curtain a little bit and say, look, you could not have pulled off what you did and have done over these, this past almost 10 years now. I know you're looking at that date. I know you're decade, looking at brother. next Ooh. year in September for that decade. I'm doing the same exact thing. <laughs> yes. And you couldn't have done that had you not had that experience that in a sense whipped you in the butt but also gave you discipline, Gosh. gave you focus. And we're going to I mean, here's another loop. We'll we'll throw that in there. Let's do, let's throw two more loops in. One is let's talk about Jamie Masters and we'll talk about mentoring a little bit. The other is focus and and not just the word focus but your acronym for focus. And had you not had that setup experience and all those failures, to be honest, you wouldn't have been able to kind of, let's just say, purge that stuff from your system to an extent. Now, that's not to say everything since has been easy, but what it did show you was that things were possible and that with discipline you could accomplish things.
1: More loops open, listener. We will close them all. Where do you want to start?
0: All right. Well, let's start with this. I want to give the the title for the book first off, because we haven't done that yet. And, you know, that's how most, you know, most people will start their interview and their conversations. They'll say, Hey, I'm talking to so and so. They've got a brand new book out. We're going to talk about the book. Hey, 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 so and so. What's the book about? That's so standard, but like who cares about that crap? We're going to talk about the book. But first and foremost, I, I want them to understand that. The Common Path to Uncommon Success, A Roadmap to Financial Freedom and Fulfillment, may sound like a book they can skip, and I assure you it is not, and here's why. You may have heard some of what's in here before. You may have heard all of what's in here before, but you've not heard it like this before, and you've not heard it from somebody who has, one, struggled and and then lived up to the success that is achievable and that this path, it's not a common one. Well, no, the path is common. The the, the success is uncommon. And that's why you're here as an example. So.
1: Yeah, I sold. I mean, listen, loops closed, episode over, like go by the book.
0: Well, the, the key, so one of the key things, one of the key things that I want to set up here is the fact that, okay, you know, a lot of people talk about, okay, you did military service. You learned from that, that, you know, that it's a joke sometimes for people when they say, oh, you know what would really do that person some good? They should go into the military for a few years. <laughs> That'll whip them into shape. Boot well, camp, baby. Exactly. Boot camp. But it's not just about that for you because you came out of it learning one of the most critical business skills, which was the AARs, which for a lot of people, they don't know that that means after action review. And that means that after you've done something, you analyze it and figure out how to do it better or honestly, if you should have done it at all.
1: It's one of the biggest lessons I took from my military experience because like during your training, you're really doing real life scenarios and you're doing them all wrong and you're messing up and you're screwing up. Luckily, at that moment, you're shooting blanks and you can't actually die. And then you do these after action reviews and you learn what you did wrong and you do some tweaks, some adjustments, some pivots, and then you do it the next time you get a little bit better and then a little bit better. So you finally do it right. And then, you know, In certain scenarios, you actually deploy to a war where you're actually getting shot at. And now, thanks to those AARs, your systems and your actual skill set is in place so that you live to fight another day because you're able to execute because of the learnings you're having. And it was just shocking to me, Eric. Like when I kind of transitioned into the entrepreneurship world, I thought I was like going to be surrounded by essentially like other military officers, you know, both men and women that they were just great at what they did because they were forced to be because it was life and death. And it said, I found out that, you know, my kind of quote unquote competition was kind of suspect when it came to things like planning and discipline and like reviewing what was working, what wasn't working and making tweaks, adjustments, and pivots. And like literally again, being terrified of the thought of like doing a daily podcast interviewing entrepreneurs, like that's just way too hard. I'm like, what's actually hard is like, you know, living a day in 130 degree weather in a desert with sand ripping your face off, getting shot at and sweating, you know, through 17, uh, BDUs, which are our uniforms and having to like lead 16 men. Like, That's hard. This right here, what Eric and I are doing, me sipping on my little vanilla chocolates coffee right here and having my ginger and lemon tea right here and having my air conditioned room and, you know, my adorable golden doodle, Gus sleeping next to me here on the floor. I mean, that's not hard. Like, so it's perspective. Like, what, you know, what really is your heart? And, you know, we can get into something that I'm such a believer in within this book, by the way, which is. You've got to learn how to choose your hard because it was really hard, by the way, launching this podcast. And it was hard work doing a daily show. In perspective, it wasn't the most hard thing I've done by a long shot, of course, but it was really hard. And what you've done all these years, Eric, was hard work. And that's a commonality of the 3,000 guests that I've interviewed. They've all put in hard work. But you know what's also hard? Being broke, like living paycheck to paycheck. Like waking up every morning and doing what you have to do, not what you necessarily want to do, not being able to choose your job or your tasks or like what your day has, like living a miserable life that's less than what you know you're capable of. Like that's hard too. And at 32 years old, I was living that other, that hard that I just described. So it was just a matter of me choosing my heart. Like, am I going to choose the heart of building the business of my dreams or am I going to choose the heart of being miserable and broke? Like either path was hard. I just chose my heart
0: the story of jim carrey and his father basically that jim carrey that that he saw that his dad was a janitor and that it was hard so he was like well screw this i'm gonna go into comedy because at least then if i'm trying if if that's my heart you know at least then if i fail i'm failing at the thing i would love to try to do
1: an attempt you're going to fail in this world like why not fail at something you love instead of you know, feeling something you're miserable at doing or not, you know, not enjoying doing like it's going to happen. So like you're going to fail. Why not fail something you love? And you're also going to succeed if you keep putting in the hard work. So why not succeed at doing something you love opposed to like, it's hard to get excited about being like the best janitor in the high school. But like, it's not that hard to get excited about being like the best comedian on SNL. Like, you know, it's like choosing your heart. So yes, great context.
0: Let's close the loop on the title of the book. Let's talk about the meaning behind this title because I think there's a lot of context setting there as well because it's a bit of a tricky title. I mean, let's take the, let's take the tagline off of it. You know, a roadmap to financial freedom and fulfillment. Let's take that Uh off. Let's talk about the common path to uncommon success. It reminds me of a saying that my dad always said, which drove me nuts when he would say it, but he'd (laughs) say, common sense isn't common. Common practice. And common practice. I've heard somebody else say that recently too, and I'm just like, it's not. Like, we, we all should know better, but we don't. Things are easily, you know, researchable, attainable. You know, we can reach out to things. In other words, the success should be more common than it is, but it's not. It's uncommon, right? So why did you land on this title that way?
1: Well, there's a reason why this title isn't The Complicated Path or The Secret Path or The Hidden Path, because a lot of people will want you to believe it's those things, because those people will also want to sell you the key to that secret, hidden, you know, complicated path for $1,997.97. And that's happening a lot in this world. It always will, but the reality is, I've interviewed the world's most successful entrepreneurs over a decade. I've had over three thousand conversations with these people. I've had thousands and thousands of hours of being the mentee, learning like from every single one of them. Like every single time I have one of these interviews, I'm learning. I'm writing things down, taking notes. I'm being educated by these individuals, and it just really blew me away when I sat down and said, "Okay." I want to just know what all of these individuals, these successful entrepreneurs, have in common. That was kind of my my personal phrasing, even before the title came up or anything. I said, "What does like all of these guests of Entrepreneurs on Fire have in common?" And when I boiled it down and cut out the fat and like combined the similarities of all of these things that I was, you know, just commingling and trying to figure out what it was, there were seventeen core foundational principles that every single entrepreneur possessed and when I had them written down there I'm like this is the opposite of rocket science this is not a complicated you know roadmap that I'm seeing here before me this is not you know any secret like people know these things but number one they're either a doing them in the wrong order B not doing them at all or C just doing them incorrectly like they're just not doing these 17 steps in one of those three faucets and so I said, this is a common path. This is not some complicated like rocket science path. But the result at the end of this path is just not, you know, oh, these people are successful. No, these people are like top 1%. These are the uncommonly successful individuals who literally have lifestyle freedom, location freedom, like just all of the, the things that, like, you know, a lot of people say they want, but you know, never take even the first step to get there. And like that's what I wanted to bring out in this title was listen. I know that you look at people and you admire people right now who are living this life of uncommon success, and you think that they got here in a certain way, and your thinking's wrong. and and I can prove it because I can show you that they got there on a very common, very straightforward, very simple path. and And don't like confuse the word simple by the way, with the word easy because I just talked about the fact that it's hard. It is hard work to run a multi-million dollar a year business. Like it is hard work to follow the 17 step roadmap, but again, it's hard being broke. So again, I'm not going to go down that whole rabbit hole again, but choose your hard. And this is the, the path to get you there to your version of uncommon success.
0: Yes. Actually, you're bringing up one of the other things that makes this Uh, book unique, which is, like I said before, you may have heard some of this or all of this before, but you haven't heard it like this before because not only is it coming through your experience, it's coming through your distilling of others experience that you've been collecting the last almost 10 years now of people who've had success and you've been able to basically corral their lessons into these 17 I almost said seven, 17, again, (laughs) it's not easy, but it is simple. It's only 17. It's not 27, you know, but I think that's the thing is like this path should be more common. But like you're saying, even those 3000 people are a small sliver compared to all the rest of us who could be having that uncommon success, making it more common. Truth. One of the ways that you got started, I want to kind of close the loop here is, you almost made the, the the mistake of, you know, instead of getting into business, going back and doing more school, right? Yeah.
1: Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. What a doozy. Uh,
0: I, and I used to be uh, an admissions counselor for adults going back to school. So,
1: that's...
0: yeah. And uh, that's that's actually what I was doing while I was starting the podcast and then moved into mm-hmm. social media and all that. So I know one, that that's really important for some people to do. If you want to go back, I mean, if you've figured out your passion and it does involve going and getting specific training, by all means, go do it. But don't use that as a crutch for, you know, oh no, I got to I gotta wait until I, you know, in other words, way too many people fall back on, I need to go back to school or do more school as like a, a cop-out, in other words. Well, like,
1: my least favorite thing, a in this world, is debt. I think debt crushes people to such a massive degree, and I hate what we've done to our millennial generation. Like I barely skated through it. Um, I was lucky because I, you know, had zero school debt because I got an army scholarship, so I'm fortunate there. Of course, I almost paid the ultimate sacrifice for it, but you know, at least I had no debt, right? But the thing is, debt is such. A painful thing that just doesn't allow people to even take that first step down this path that we're talking about, and you know, to have these sixteen and seventeen year olds like signing on this dotted line for hundreds of thousands of dollars—that they you can't comprehend what a couple hundred thousand dollars is at that age. You don't know how hard it is to acquire two hundred thousand dollars. You don't know that most you know people that are sixty-five years old have sixty thousand dollars or less in their bank accounts. Like you don't know those things because nobody tells you those things, and then your life, it's like, you're just like having your leg chopped off before you even start. And it's unbelievably unfair. It's only gotten worse. There, hopefully there will be a big reckoning. I know that's not the point of our conversation yeah. here, but I'm feeling like, like I need to like share that. Cause I'm pretty passionate about it. And it's like, I just feel like, man, the, the one thing I'll, I'll end on is like that person that goes back to school because their job wants to give them a raise if they have this degree. So they get like $60,000 in, in school debt, For what ends up being like a six or $7,000 a year raise, which is a couple hundred bucks a month. And it's like, what? What is happening?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so disproportionate, not to mention the interest. So let's, let's not even go there. Let's not go there. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So you, you at least got out of that. You at least, when you went back and were doing school stuff, you got out of it. But then the other thing you were smart about, even before you started, quote, getting mentored by all of the podcast interviews that you were doing and learning from those conversations, you got into mentorship quick and early before launching. And that's where Jamie Masters comes in. And, you know, I mean, what was your mindset there? Why, Why did you think, you know, mentorship was important at that point?
1: I saw how important mentorship was in my military days. You know, whenever you become like a brand new, it's called a butter bar, second lieutenant, you get the gold bar. You don't know anything. Like you literally know nothing. So what are you done? You're assigned somebody who's a first lieutenant, and first lieutenants are typically eighteen months ahead of you, um, just you know time and rank. And that first lieutenant has eighteen months of experience, which is a lifetime in the army. I mean, we're talking you give total four years of service, so they're almost like you know fifty percent of the way through, and they've learned a lot over those eighteen months because you learn a lot in a little bit of time. And it was unbelievable, like that mentorship and guidance you get. It's like, it was it's necessary. And that's why the military does it. And so when I wanted to become a successful business podcast host, I said, I need to go find a successful business podcast host. Like who would have thunk it? Like some people are just like, I don't even know where to start when it comes to finding a mentor. Well, I break it down for you in step five, chapter five. So don't worry, I've got you covered. But the key takeaway from that entire chapter is... You have to find somebody who is currently where you want to be, preferably within 12 to 24 months of you know when they were where you're at right now. So Jamie was like 18 months into her podcasting journey. It was the perfect fit because she was recent enough to remember exactly what it was like to launch a podcast, like within a reasonable amount of time, not like she'd done it 10 years ago, or, you know, in some cases, 40 years ago, like people find these mentors that haven't been at that place of their mentee for four decades. It's like, how can they really relate? The world has changed. And so you've got to find the person who's currently where you want to be. For me, that was Jamie Masters. And, you know, she did everything to open the doors for me. I mean, She took me down to that conference. She introduced me to her friends, which by the way, her friends were Pat Flynn, Derek Halpern, Andrew Warner, Michael Hyatt. I'm having dinner with these people as attendee at this conference knowing nothing really and being like wow this is really cool and not even really knowing how cool it actually was until like six months later being like oh wow that was actually really cool (laughs) like holy crap and that just like set me first up for success in so many different ways you know her network, her knowledge, her experience—you um, know—holding my feet to the fire with accountability, like making me actually interview her a month before I was going to launch to show me how bad of an interviewer that I was, and like <laughs> hold it up to my a mirror to my face. So critical and like. Everybody needs it. You need that part in your journey.
0: People know this. I I talk in Venn diagrams all the time. And so it seems like you've got to find that sweet spot of somebody who has enough experience to speak in and say, hey, this is what you've got to be ready for. And heads up, this is where I see you are now. And you've got to get way better quickly, but also not so far ahead that they've forgotten. In other words, it's fresh. So it's mix of experience slash fresh enough to guide you you know it's almost like you're following them on a trail they're just far enough ahead of you to see the trail that's you know they know what the trail is that's right in front of you because they've gone through it but it's not so far that it's like you're lost trying to follow them
1: perfect analogy brother
0: Still searching for a great candidate for your company? Don't search, just match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch that busy work. Instead, use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. I wish I had Indeed when I was in the hiring process in roles in the past because it is a slow, arduous headache of a process to find the right I think the other key piece this is one other thing that you know this is a slight retread but it's now illuminated not just by the fact that uh, you've been doing this for almost 10 years but that you've been consistent that you've reworked it that you've tweaked it and that is this concept of batching that again this is this is simple not easy not everybody can do batching, and in fact, you you didn't even. I was gonna cl- I was gonna open yet another loop. In fact, I think I opened it earlier about writing the book. So let's talk about that. Let's first talk about you batching and theming your days, and how you, even though everybody said you were crazy, you went ahead and did it anyway, and you you know tweaked the process over time. Right. But you started doing the show daily, and you you know sh- give me an early picture of what your days looked like then recording, and then we'll kind of transform it, and then let's talk about how the the process of writing this book was. After you learned from doing the show for so long.
1: So quick answer, a mess is how my early days (laughs) looked, like an absolute disaster. Like, you know, like a 13-year-old's bedroom on laundry day, like just a disaster. But like to even step a couple a couple things back to something you've teased a few times. Like, so I had this amazing mentor, Jamie Masters. I had this amazing, you know, podcast mastermind leader. So I invested heavily in both of those programs and, you know, it was all in. And both of them emphatically said, John, do not do a daily show. You will lose, you will fail. Nobody wants a daily show. You'll get burned out. You'll never be able to make it. And I don't know if you do any thing with the Enneagram, Eric, I'm an eight. I'm a challenger. Wow, so uh, nice. yeah. I said, challenge accepted. <laughs> and in fact, the real like um, conversation that went on in my head, and I think this is going to be help- helpful for people because they can apply the same mentality was like, wait a second, if the best people in the industry, in the podcasting industry right now are telling me that it can't be done and I figure out how to do it wow, that's real opportunity. Because I'm a huge believer in the phrase, the higher the barrier, the lower the competition. And doing a daily podcast was setting a really high flipping barrier. So high actually for years, I had not even low competition, I had no competition. I literally was able to build a moat around my business. And that was the reason I was able to stand apart you know, so quickly as a result of that. So that was an absolute critical part of the process. But to get to your specific question about like, what do my days look like?
0: Yeah, yeah. In other words, like you had different days that were set up for batching just that one totally. single aspect of it. That's the productivity side of this that, yeah. you know, we can peel back the curtain on in terms of, you know, we both know Mike Vardy a bit. And, and you know, he's yeah, all about on the show. Yeah. So we all know we all know about theming your days. So this is video day. This is research day. This is audio day. This is interview day. This is, you know, all those different days, whatever whatever the different hats that you wear or the different components of your process are kind of having those selected. So you can say, okay, this is my recording day. And you get in that mindset and you go.
1: Yeah. So like I said, um, I started off a disaster and a mess. I was just sending people, hey, here's my openings. If I can book you on my show. And like every time and date that it was available to mankind was there. And I actually laugh a little bit when some people send me their, their calendar today and I see the same things like, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, like 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. I can like choose any of those times, really? Like, wow, like that's interesting. But like, that's how I operated. I was like, that's how I I just, whatever's best for you, let me know. And so I had these like pockmarked days where I was just like interviewing, trying to build my website, back to the interview like this. And then I was all over the place. And I was just grinding, grinding, trying to figure things out. And of course, after a couple of weeks, I'm like, this is not going to work. Like, this is not going to work. i have got to figure out an actual system. That, like a daily podcast, is impossible because this is crazy. So, I finally just drew a, a, a line in the sand and I said, Hey, I am going to do eight interviews every Tuesday. If people cannot conform to my Tuesday schedule, they're not the right fit for the show right now because that's what I need to do. I need to have one day where I'm all in on interviews and then six days where I'm working on other parts of the business where I'm figuring things out and they're just not having to be focused on me interviewing other people. And, you know, of course I made exceptions when the big name guests were just like, Hey, like this is, I'm like, okay, I'll make that exception. But I was always the exception, never the rule. and literally. And I mean, for five and a half years, I released an episode a day for 2000 days in a row. Every Tuesday was my interview day. Now, there were some times where I was like, I'm going to go on a 30 day vacation. I would then maybe do like a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday sprint to like batch a little bit more, but that was very rare. It was basically every single Tuesday, eight interviews, rain or shine. And that was my schedule for years and years and years. And then to your point, I had themes for the other days, like Wednesdays were my editing day and just learning more about this thing that we call podcasting, like becoming a better editor, becoming better, you know, with my mixer right here, you know, becoming better with all, all the things that it takes to become a better podcast. host, like studying people like Oprah and Larry King to actually shockingly become better at my craft, which like is, you know, a foreign, you know, thought for most people. And then Wednesdays, that's when I'm working on my website. Like that's when I'm going to improve the website. That's when I'm going to, you know, create, you know, better email opt-ins. You know, Fridays were just like, that's going to be the days I'm doing all my written content, like blog posts, like emails, scheduling out, you know, planning my social media tweets and messages and posts for the following week. So I'm always staying ahead of the game, but you know, I'm doing it all at once. I'm getting into that mode. And when you bash when you seem like that, you're just able to get in these zones. So I dropped into the zones of recording episodes back to back to back to back. I dropped into the zones of writing emails back to back to back of the zones of doing social media tweets back to back. And you kind of just get into this so you're not always having to sit down and recreate the wheel every single time. So that was key to my success and I still do it to this day.
0: And what's beautiful about that is somebody listening in on that who's heard a previous episode here with Cal Newport about deep work, but also why that's still not working for a lot of people, hears you and hears that you're not doing these task switching things in each individual day of, oh, I've got to record then, then I got to edit this, then I got to do these emails, and then, you know, switch to thing, to thing, to thing, to thing. Instead, you're doing a whole bunch of one thing, deep work on one day. So then much to the surprise when I hear about how you wrote this book, you didn't just sit down and pick one full day and just write all day. Instead, you took a different approach.
1: I did. I had to be honest with my strengths and my weaknesses. I've never been a strong writer. Like I've never been someone that can sit down and write for five hours and get lost in the craft and just be flowing like Edward Scissorhands. Like for me, writing has always been challenging. And so I was just like, hey... I have decided not to go the ghostwriter route. And I will be honest, like I interviewed some ghostwriters. I'm like, that might be be a better way to write this book. My decision was, no, it's not after those interviews. And I wrote every single word of these 71,000 words. But, you know, I knew it was going to be challenging. And I knew just, I know myself that I had two hours max that I could get quality written word onto paper every single day. That was it. And in fact, I even got more granular than that because I'm A, a big believer in Parkinson's law and be a big believer in the Pomodoro method. So I applied both of those strategies very effectively. So-
0: Let's explain what those are real quick in case people forget. So Parkinson's yeah. law is that the task will expand to fill the time allotted for it. So Perfect. you compress that already down into just those two hours. So yeah. I'm going to get this much done in, in these two hours and then two Pomodoro. So you're cranking out, you're, t- you're doing a certain amount, taking a quick break, coming right back around, sitting back down, it butts in the seat. Exactly. Typing.
1: Exactly. So, you know, get up, I do my morning routine, which is all health and wellness, like going for a walk with my dog, hitting the gym, doing weights in, in my infrared sauna, you know, coming out, um, doing some meditation some journaling by the pool, like all like me stuff to like fill my cup, so to speak. And then I would sit down at my desk, come into my office here, sit down at my desk and nothing would happen until I did these two hours of writing. Now it wasn't just sitting down and being like, I have two hours of writing again, I got a little more granular than that using those two methods we just described. And I set a 42 minute timer and I would press the star button and I would watch it go 41, 59, 58, 57 visually. And then I would sit down and I would start typing. And for 42 minutes, I would write. The timer would go off, I'd have 18 minutes of what I call refresh time, and then I would set my timer again for 42 minutes, watch a couple of seconds tick off, and then I would write again. I would write for those 42 minutes. The timer would go off, I'd be done for the day writing. With those two 42-minute sessions with those two 18-minute refresh sessions before I went on to the rest of my work day. My goal was 500 to 1000 words a day. I wasn't trying to go crazy, like I wanted it to be high quality and I wanted it to be my best work possible with my freshest mind, with a mind that hadn't yet been tapped by other bandwidth, that wasn't yet in OPP mode, which is other people's problems, which is what you do when you jump into an email and what, you know, social media, the world is falling apart. Of course it is like, you know, the dollar's crashing. This is happening. The capital has been invaded. It's like, you know, I just didn't want to take that in before I gave my best to these two hours essentially of writing. And then it took me eight months, brother. It took me 480 hours to write this book because I had a real deal editor from Har- Harper Collins, which I needed. I needed Harper Collins to give me a great editor whom I worked very closely with. And that's why every word that's in this book needs to be there. Like This book would have been over 100,000 words if I was just left to my own devices, but it's 71,000 clean, lean words, 273 pages, The Common Path.
0: So good, and I again, I really like that the adaptability there. You'd you'd found something that had worked for podcasting, still does. Although you've you know obviously you've tweaked that over time as well to make it work even better. But you recognized that, whoa, I know this is worth doing. I am going to do it, but it's not going to work the same way this time. I've got to figure out the different way, the different plan, and still. Focus in on it. Let's actually exactly. let's let's close this focus loop. Let's talk about the word focus since we've really just described it and, and you know, how you have lived it, not just for the podcast, but for the writing of the book. What's your focus acronym?
1: Follow one course until success focus and just to kind of explain a little more visually for people is most people in this world go one mile wide with all of these ideas. And they go one inch deep with all of their impact. And they wonder why they're making no impact or no impressions. The people that win, the 3,000 entrepreneurs that I've interviewed, have in common the ability to focus, to go one inch wide, one mile deep, and simply do the following. Become the best solution to one real problem. And frankly, like that's why I think your podcast was so successful from the very beginning, and so continues to be. You really said, "I'm going to become the the best podcast that talks, you know, about the to do list." And we all have to do lists, but like nobody really talks about it. Nobody really talks about how to get better at you know the to do list and becoming more productive on that specific part of our life. And so, you, the day you launched your podcast, were the best podcast on that topic. You were, by the way, the worst podcast on that topic. You were. The only podcast on that topic, and guess what? Here you are, a decade later, almost still cranking it.
0: Yep, yep. I, I, by the way, I'm gonna put a, I'm gonna put something on the calendar for when we we both hit that mark. Yes. next year, buddy. Dude, it's cheers. Be, it's gonna be fun. Yes, virtual. Well, we'll do we'll do a video. We'll like literally. I'll I'll we'll do is. something. Yeah, it'll That'll be cool. Well. Yeah, but
1: who knows? By that time, maybe we'll be at a conference.
0: Uh, you know what? We probably will be. Uh, I'm just gonna say because there's a pretty good chance we might late this year. So. Yeah. Honestly, I I just, like I said earlier, there's really no reason why somebody shouldn't pick this up because even if they're already doing, I mean, again, 17 steps, if they're at step 10 and they haven't done the other seven, still jumping in on this makes a lot of sense.
1: Can I, can I qualify that real quick? Sure. So if you are at step 10, this is what you need to do. And I mean this, you need to step, step into this book and start at step one, chapter one, because you need to do the first nine steps over again because three things are going to happen to you. Number one, you're going to get to that step and you be like, okay, I just validated it. I'm crushing this, time to move on, knowing that I've crushed this step. Or step two, which is more likely, frankly, um, you're going to say, oh, wow, like I'm doing most of the things right here, but like I got to tweak, adjust and pivot some of these things. That's really going to strengthen and improve that step for you. And in some cases, believe me, you might think this might not be the case for those first nine steps. You're gonna have to just wipe that slate clean and start over, brother, or sister, whoever you are. You're just gonna have to do it, like, and that's okay. Because like, it's great to have the 17 steps done right than to have some leaking ships, you know, in your fleet.
0: Yeah, well, and the other great piece about redoing those steps and, and doing all these steps for that matter is doing it through the process, through the book, brings you not only your experience of how you did things, your real world examples, but also how others did things, the experts that you've talked to and interviewed, but three, the exercises, the simple steps on how to do the work. Ultimately, I just know that everybody, you know, regardless of if they've started or not, which just is a great place to I mean, I can't. Can you imagine the person who's never started and picks this up now and how oh. far ahead they're going to be than where we were back when we were just starting and everybody else? Come on. Like, that's
1: I mean, brother, anyway. I can say this with like zero <laughs> ego, because if I had this book when I started, like. It would have been unbelievable. And the reason why I can say that with no ego is because this isn't like my genius in my journey. This is the 3000 people that I've interviewed. I've just right. spent the time right. to put this into the book, to actually download it and to actually, you know, interpret it and put it in the right order. And, you know, again, flesh out those 17 commonalities. So like. Man, if I had this genius of of three thousand successful entrepreneurs, of you know the thousands of hours that I've had to now go through to to get that knowledge for me, that again I've applied to my business, you know, which has generated over twenty million dollars since two thousand twelve. So like that's kind of a success story as well. But it's not what this book is. The book is the three thousands of us combines adding the genius to this book.
0: Yeah. It's it's almost like I'm trying to think of what's the superhero that sucks everybody else's powers and then has <laughs> them all at once. That's what this book is, right? That's what this ends yeah, up being. That's a fantastic so, analogy. I can't think Very of long. one right now. I, I'm thinking Rogue from like X-Men where she touches <laughs> them and sucks their power and then uses it. Listen, but anyway,
1: this is the modern day think and grow rich. Is that a bold statement? Yes. But that's what I did. Like, unlike Napoleon Hill, who had to actually physically go to a couple hundred entrepreneurs, I went to thousands virtually. And this is the 2021 version of that book.
0: Yeah. Well, the the book is launching now. This will be, you will be hearing this most likely before the book is out. So you can go pre-order, which means you get to get in on the pre-order bonuses. I'd love for you to explain all of the pre-order bonuses that are available.
1: What a segue, brother. You're so good at what you do. But listen, I don't want to bore your audience by getting into the super details of all five because we got some other important things to talk about. But I do want to say this. Pre-orders are everything for a book launch. So I made you pre-ordering this book before March 23rd a no-brainer. If you pre-order this book before March 23rd, you get five amazing bonuses, which all disappear on March 23rd. They're gonzo. They're no longer existing. One of those bonuses, I'm shipping you all three of my journals, the Freedom, the Mastery, and the Podcast Journal, I am shipping to your door. On me for free, I'm taking the hit. This is for every single person that pre-orders in the USA. If you're outside, we are immediately emailing you the beautiful digital pack of all three of these journals. There's four other insane bonuses. You can find out the details about those bonuses, UncommonSuccessBook.com. At that URL, you're actually going to see Gary Vaynerchuk's endorsements, Seth Godin's, Erica Mandy, Dory Clark, Neil Patel. You'll see a chapter of the book that you can read for free to get kind of my style of writing to see if it's for you. Um, plus a video of me jumping in my pool here in Puerto Rico and then detailing out what the book's all about. Um, UncommonSuccessBook.com.
0: Awesome. I'm trying to go through my mind right now and mentally say, okay, what were all those loops we opened? I hope we closed them all. I'm trying to think I'm sure that people tell
1: of, us in the comments. I know, <laughs> yeah. That,
0: that, that That's what's going to happen is, you know, oh, well, you never told us the story of this or that or whatever. I'm thinking, you know, we <laughs> talked to, so let's let's recap though. We talked about your experience. We talked, obviously we talked about the book. We talked about- Is there anything
1: the blog. about blog worlds? Remember, we were, we opened some loop about blog so worlds. So that
0: was, I think that was, so that is the closing story. Okay. So okay. you and myself and Pat Flynn. All three of us were nominated in the business category, and it was it was NMX in Vegas, and it was twenty fourteen twenty thir twenty fourteen January twenty fourteen. We were all up for business podcast through the podcast awards, and I just remember thinking, okay, it's an honor. You know, everybody says this; it's an honor to be nominated, and (laughs) and it was. However, I just knew. Okay, my chances of winning, like, maybe they're not that great, but man, am i excited to, like, rush over to John or to Pat when they win. And so then <laughs> the three of us convened afterwards at a restaurant <laughs> when a bunch of us were meeting up. I don't know who. I mean, it was a big crowd of people. It was you a know? big crowd. I walk up to the two of you, and we all meet, and we're just like, "I can't believe, out of the three of us, not even one of us won." It was some other random show, and we were just like, "God, never even showed
1: up." By the way, yeah, somewhere else.
0: Three of us are there. This person wasn't even there, and you know, didn't. I don't know that they had anybody there to accept for them. But key (laughs) key point was this: one, I got angry and pissed. First off, just like you kind of should, you know, to a certain extent. And then the lesson was learned where I was from that point forward. I said, it, it, the awards don't mean anything. It's more about, are you satisfied with the work you've done and who you're helping? So, wow. You had a different, you, you, and you didn't have a different perspective. You, your perspective on that. Yeah, share your I think perspective.
1: Give me the award was my perspective. Right. But not, <laughs> no, my, my perspective was actually slightly different, but it is like, I mean, recognition is really important. I mean, perception is reality in this world. And so The story that I wanted to kind of like add on to that one where like I believe that's, you know, me like quote unquote winning and I'll explain what that means in a second. Um, at something else really propelled me forward and I believe. 100% hundred percent sped up, um, you know, my momentum and traction in the podcasting space, and that was you know investing in Cliff Ravenscraft's podcast masterminds. Him seeing me for three months, like in August, September, and October, just like busting my butt, launching my daily podcast, September, October, November, and then I'm sitting in a movie theater, and this is you know, late 2012. I had just launched my podcast in September. Um, you know, I'd recently been at the blog world in 2012 just as an attendee, like, you know, wide, wide-eyed and loving life. And I was excited. I had my ticket to be an attendee at NMX, New Media Expo, which they changed the name to, in January of 2013. So this was just six months after Blog World slash NMX in june of new york now is going to be new media expo in january in vegas and i was like i can't wait to be there as an attendee i know more people i have a podcast now it's going to be fun and i get a text from cliff and he says hey so and so i should go back and see who the person was because i should send them like a bouquet of flowers yeah. like so and so dropped out of the single track solo talk on podcasting and john like listen like there's a lot of people I could ask to fill this spot. Frankly, you're just doing something different and new. And you've got a couple hundred episodes out there because you're doing a daily show. It's been a couple months. It's been like three months at this point. So you got like 90, almost a hundred episodes. Like you got a lot of experience, like at least episode wise. Um, you want to talk about it? And I'm like, yes, please. And so like me getting that opportunity to like go up on stage and be a speaker and then be in the speaker's room with Pat and Jamie and, and, and then going out to the speaker's dinner and having the speaker's, you know, badge instead of just like the attendee badge, it just changed everything. And then it changed everybody else's perspective in me because now I was like, Oh, well that guy must be the podcast guy because he's giving the talk on podcasting. And I had only been podcasting for like three and a half months at that point. And so like, that was like one of those, what I call lucky breaks. But again, luck is where effort meets opportunity. Like I invested in myself. I was in close mastermind. I showed him how hard I was working, how committed I was. And the opportunity came and I took it and I jumped on it. And again, it wasn't like I became a multimillionaire the next day, but like it definitely sped up my success. And that was a really cool part.
0: Yeah. That's again, I can attest to something similar, not somebody dropping out, but kind of, you know, getting chosen to be on the stage after having showed up you know, for so long as just an attendee, but also showing up daily doing the work. And yeah. it does start to crack things open and change things for you. So man, uh well, we've already talked about where people can go. Well, naturally we haven't talked about where people can go. We've talked about what they get. But let's let's send people to where they can go to pre order the book, which it's really simple. It's it's just uncommon book dot com. Great That's great it. URL. Like Right? I try, you know, sometimes <laughs> it's just
1: like, is that URL really available? Like check, I'll take it. So UncommonSuccessBook.com, see all the bonuses, see the endorsements, see the the video of me jumping in a pool, like see all that funny stuff. And then you can pre-order the book from there, get all five bonuses. If you pre-order UncommonSuccessBook.com.
0: Awesome. John, obviously sometime in the next year, we're going to have a celebration yes. to, to, to happen. So- mm-hmm. uh, yeah. But until then, uh, yeah, I just want to, you know, say everybody go grab the book, go jump in on this. Um, let's, let's make this success more common than it is. How about that? That's a great way <laughs> that to end. That right? was a great way to end. Right? Let, let <laughs> me say that. Let me leave that all in and let's just say that again. No, that's, no, I don't need to. They heard me. So John, <laughs> as usual, great talking with you. And, uh, yeah, thanks for being here, man.
1: Back at you, brother. Thanks.
0: Well, that's another podcast crossed off your podcast listening to-do list. I hope that you enjoyed this conversation with John Lee Dumas. And again, if you're somebody who has already started on the path of entrepreneurship and starting your own business, don't hesitate to pick up the book and jump in at the beginning and recalibrate and check where you've been to go down this common path to make this success that can be had more common. Or if you're just getting started this is a great starting point. You can grab the book by clicking the link in the show notes. And if you enjoyed this episode, I'd love for you to do me the favor of sharing it with somebody that you know needs to hear it. Hit that share button in your podcast player app of choice to pass it along. Thanks again for sharing. Thanks for listening. And I'll see you next episode.